0: Head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash bwo and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash bwo, or just use the promo code bwo at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show.
1: Pentagon <laughs> Junior Listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous, coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Actually, this is our patron mailbag series, and this is episode number three. My name is Nick Howell. And
0: I am and Dangerous, and I'm very excited today, Nick, because we're going to get some more questions from our patrons, and we're going to answer them to the best of our ability, which is questionable, considering that I'm still half asleep, even after doing yes. a regular show. But this will be... In- I love doing this. This is always one of my favorite times of the week, is to get yes. the questions from our listeners, from the people who have gone to patreon.com forward slash BWO and signed up to be on one of our tiers of Patreon and and are interacting with us and helping us, and it's awesome, and I love it. And thank you, guys.
1: Thank you very much, and thanks for joining us here live on YouTube. For those of you in the chat, what is up, everybody? Thanks for coming back. I hope you enjoyed the main show, but uh, yes, thank you for joining us right here YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. If you're not joining us, you're missing out on some extra good times hanging out in the chat with us live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern and every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern right here on our YouTube channel live all the time for everything now that we are in this new era. So the industry is going through the shift. <laughs> We're going through a shift, and part of that shift is this new dedicated series to what we used to call our listener questions, now known as the patron mailbag, where we're doing a weekly standalone show for all of the listener questions coming in from our patrons. And thank you guys for the feedback so far. We have absolutely loved it. And it sounds like you guys are loving this as well. And we have a piles, piles and piles of questions to get <laughs> through today. Uh, it is very Excellent. good. Yes. Uh, we definitely want to make sure that we spend some time on these listener questions. It's part of the reason that we're breaking the series out on its own. So how about we just dive right in and get started? Uh, kicking things off with Jacob U. With, yeah. with guys like David Starr and even in Chris Jericho, it seems like more people are including shoot elements into promos. At what point is it too much? On one hand, it adds to the story, but it can also take me away from it. What are mm. your thoughts
0: there? I that's tough because you know I actually I think that they started doing having shoots in promos has been something that's been going on for a long time, but it's only increased as kayfabe has died. And obviously, the biggest like the biggest modern one is CM Punk's pipe bomb. Sure, is the biggest like quote unquote shoot promo but that's it is something that has been used for a long time paul Heyman liked to turn to the camera and go that's and that's a shoot uh i remember back when they were doing the ecw one night stands he was trying to do shoot promos and stuff um but yes now they're getting to be more and more prevalent as people are trying to find the new level of meta kayfabe that needs to exist now uh in this world of ubiquitous cameras and you know Blurring like the the lines are no social longer social media, like yeah. social media, everything else. Um, so, for me, it's uh, the way I would describe this is kind of like what's the? Uh, it was a Supreme Court justice. Um, uh, it was Potter Stewart in 1964 when he was. It was a, a case about uh, obscenity, and he said he was, his definition of obscenity was, "I'll know it when I see it," and that's pretty much my definition for when a shoot promo goes too far is sometimes you can just, you know, go completely off the rails and it's awesome. And other times you can go the same amount of distance into shoot territory. And I'm like, Oh no, shut up. No, it's just in the delivery. It really is. You know, you can have a a feud between Cena and rock and they get, they get really shooty on each other and it's entertaining and has hell or, or CM Punk and rock. But then you turn around and Roman Reigns and Cena and it's just awful. And they do the same kind of things, right? Same kind of fourth wall breaking. So right. So that's really that's really my metric for it is I'll know it when I see it. It's really gotta be it really depends entirely on the promo, who's doing it, how they're doing it, what they're doing it about. I can't just say, well, it has to have these factors, or it has to it can't have these factors for it to work or not work. So Yeah. That's my response to it. I don't know. Do you do you have a different one?
1: No, no it's it's mostly in line with yours. I look at the difference between, uh, like you mentioned, punk and rock, you know, or is is some of the older ones between, you know, Stone Cold and Mister McMahon. You know, they would they would jab at each other quite a bit. So I, I those were entertaining as hell, and frankly, it's one of the things that put Stone Cold on the map. It was was the thing the very things that you are calling out well, was him taking jabs like that. So yeah, I think there is certain you know when it's cringy, you know when you are going, uh, uh don't believe it was that scripted is that coming from the heart those kinds of questions that you ask yourself instinctively uh, are when you know that it's it's probably a little bit over the line or maybe not not apropos for what they're doing in this 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 back and forth that they're doing so yeah I I I don't know at what point is it too much that's going to be different for every single person Jacob that's that's my answer to you that is a completely subjective kind of feeling Mm. some people really like that stuff uh, some people are a little more eh, cringy kind of stuff. I think Ian and I share the same kind of perspective on it. Sometimes it works with the right talent, with the right people, with the right hand working the mic. But with the with the wrong person, it can be awful. So, uh, anything else you want to add there, uh, Sir Ian Dangerous?
0: No, sir. I said my piece on that. That's uh, right. I. That's, I got nothing else.
1: Jacob, thank you very much for your question and for your patronage, sir. I really appreciate it. Uh, next up, Champ Champ, Andy Jessup, mm-hmm. showing up with the question, how do you feel about the at referees discretion mantra that AEW has? I'm not sure what he's referring to here because we see that everywhere.
0: Well, but it's it's they're really pushing it in AEW. They're really pushing the ref discretion in, in AEW, and that's actually the, the aspect of it that I like the most is that they're pushing it. Right as you yeah. said, they do it everywhere. We just saw it happen in, in in WWE, and it got absolutely crapped on at the end of the Hell in a Cell match with Seth and Bray. Right? Yeah. They even during the Kenny Omega and Joey Janela match. Think about the difference here, okay? In the Joey Janela Kevin uh, 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 Kenny Omega match, they kept the the commentary kept pushing. The referee will use his di- discretion if he thinks it's gone too far and they can't continue or shouldn't continue. They kept pushing that. They kept that was like the big thing they were pushing throughout the entire match. But wasn't it referee. also
1: an unsanctioned dark match? Like they yes, made a point to call the, that out
0: too. It's still the point that they said that they they were pushing the narrative that if they need to stop this match, it's up to the referee if he feels like someone is genuinely in danger. Right? They okay. made that a major storyline. If you had pushed that as the major storyline in that Hell in a Cell match where we were aware that at any time if the referee felt like either of them had done something that endangered the life of the other person, that he would stop the match, then people wouldn't have been mad at Seth Rollins or Bray or Vance. They'd have been like, that stupid ref called the match too early. You shouldn't have called the match in a Hell in a Cell because then we know it's part of the story because it's being sold to us as the story. Right. That's the difference. That's the difference between referee discretion being pushed as an angle and having it be something that they just rely on when it's convenient. Right. If you push it as they are, uh, as a story in Japan, Kevin Kelly is a, does a great job of doing this as well, where they're outside, you know, scrambling around and doing stuff outside. And you're not you're wondering, why isn't the ref doing the 20 count? And Kevin Kelly will say, well, this is why. And he'll do like kind of that William Regal kayfabe explanation of why that's the case. That's all it is. It's a kayfabe explanation why things are happening that really shouldn't happen, but okay, we'll let it go because referee discretion. Should it be used all the time? Absolutely not. It could be a crutch that can be fallen back on way too quickly, way too easily, and people will get sick of it. But in certain circumstances, man, is it a really good thing to have as long as you push that it exists.
1: I think what do you the thing think? Do you think it's I, too much? No, I don't. I actually like the referee's discretion as well. The thing that does stick in my craw a little bit that um, happens across the board is that you know referee distraction. It's a it's just a trope at this point that you just roll your eyes at. Somebody climbs up on the ropes that's not in the match and distracts the referee because he's trying to get them off the ropes and somebody goes for a low blow. And it, hap- it used to be fine. It just happens so often now it becomes certain groups shtick that they do all the time. (laughs) Like, you know, when there's somebody ringside, there's going to be a distraction. They're going to distract the ref. They're going to get a a hit in like, you know, at this point that that's the whole point of them being out there. And I feel like that killed some of the mystique of being able to sneak one in as a heel. uh, Whenever that the off chance that that happened now, it's just an expected kind of thing. So I'm more, I like referees discretion. Give them the power of the match back. Right, let the, let them have that control of the match, and let them decide what is too far uh, mm-hmm. as far as hits go and stuff like that. But the thing that I get annoyed with is that oh, the referee was distracted, he didn't count soon enough. Oh, we got in the low blow while the referee wasn't watching, so so the other person could win the match. <sighs> okay, that's where that's where I get a bit. Of it. it. it's just that it's used too much, and I don't want to see referees' discretion.
0: Used too much. That's all. That's where I would fall in. Agreed. Don't use it too much. Yeah, Completely agreed.
1: Thank you very much, champ champ. Looking forward to seeing your title defense coming up at Survivor Series here in about a month. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got a couple from uh, Billy. Uh, he says, Nick, you're in charge of AEW. In you have NXT. You need okay. one guy to put you over the competition. Taking into account ring work PR public image character work and merchandise which of these three would you sign to change the game and turn the tide in your favor zach saber jr will
0: osprey or marty Skrull? oh man uh who gets to go first <laughs> uh do you have a do you have a coin or something we can flip? oh
1: yeah hang on hang on i've got the, okay. the handy dandy stone cold uh button right oh my
0: okay yeah. Um, you flip it, I'll call it. I'll call, uh, I'll call Pin. I'll call Pin, not Stone Cold Head. It is Pin. Yeah! Will Ospreay all day yep. long. Not even a question, not even a pause. Will Ospreay... For NXT will Ospreay, especially, I 100 agree with you. Give him to meet either one. <laughs> either one. Will Ospreay all day long. I love me some Marty Skrull. Y'all know Marty Skrull is my boy. And Zach Sieber Jr. is a world class talent, but if you're talking about like what what you're saying here, which is uh, I'm going to sit the company well, on what, what this guy's it, shoulders, public image, pu- uh, public relations, yeah, character work, merchandise, will Osprey? I think uh, as far as like merchandise and character work, I think Marty Skrull's got him with like the villain stuff. The villain stuff is that's you're going to get the merchandise, Nick, but I, I think that Osprey is. If he were not in Japan and you were in a company where you could just let him go, forget it. That guy is, is a top star, Yeah, if not the top star.
1: Uh, I'm going to make an argument for Marty Skrull, basically just what you said. Um, he's got the following. He's got the fan base. It's built in. Uh, he's turnkey. I know he's a good worker. He's got a very unique style in the ring. I'm, I'm calling out his moves and just that, that character work that he does in the ring in the middle of a match. Is, is unique to him, I believe. So I, I like Marty Skrull. Um, I, if I was choosing someone to be a heel in that position, it's, it's interesting because you want all of that stuff, but you also want to sit the company on their shoulders and have them run with it. That kind of limits it to Will Ospreay in your three choices. You have to go with that. If you yeah. wanted somebody that could do all, all of those things without that stipulation, I think Marty Skrull might be a better one there because of the built-in stuff that already exists. But yeah, either one, any of those three guys, you could build a promotion around. Absolutely, and they've kind of done it with Zach with RevPro. He's been that champion for so long now. He he is RevPro. So I, Will Ospreay, I'm oh god, I cannot rave enough about how excited I am after the year 2019 that he's had, commu, moving to and committing to New Japan. Watch out for Will Osprey for the next couple of years over in New Japan. Marty Skrill, it's a matter of time before he ends up in AEW, in my opinion, with the rest of the elite. Uh, and I am, I can't wait till the first time we hear the ca-ca! come out uh, at down an AEW ramp because it can't be that much longer. I'm, I'm itching for it. I'm aching for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amen. so yeah, Amen. I would,
0: I would pick Marty. It's, it's, ha- it's ha- it going to happen. It's going to happen.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, he followed that up with uh, a different kind of question. Uh, he said, "Is Christian a Hall of Famer?" Clearly, he gets in as a tag team with Edge someday. But what about as a singles wrestler? Does That's he get right. the They're not in the as hall? a tag
0: team yet. I'm right. sorry. I had to stop right there. They're not in as a tag team yet. No. That's crazy.
1: Or is he just in the Hall of the really good,
0: as he put it? Uh, it's, this is a really simple answer to me. If Godfather's in the Hall of Fame, Christian's in the Hall of Fame.
1: Right. Christian's an absolute no-brainer for the Hall of Fame. In my opinion. It's not if, it's when. Yep. And it'll just matter about what class they want to put him in. If that's
0: 2020 or 2024 or whatever it ultimately yeah. ends up he being. He won't be the head of whatever class he goes in. You know what I mean? He's not going to be sure. like the, They always have like the number one person and they're really promoting that. He'll be like, you know, he'll be in the sidelines. But he will go in. Especially, I mean, look how much work he's been doing with WWE as well. He's still in good with the company. Um, he's been a champ, which is more than Godfather can say. Yeah. So that's, that's my metric. If Godfather goes in, if Coco Beware goes in, Christian absolutely goes in. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt.
1: Yeah. If it's if, it's when, not if. It's when, not if. I meant to say. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, He had one more here. Um, (laughs) Who is a wrestler? Damn, Billy. Yeah. Billy was on fire this week. All right. Who is a wrestler you just don't like at all? As a (laughs) character or in the ring? Because crap people are just crap people and we can dislike that. But what's a redeeming quality they have that helps you respect them immensely? Oh. I'm not sure I understand. He's turning his own question around here, it feels like. Um, so
0: who do you not like, but you still kind of respect?
1: Oh, okay. I can answer that question. I,
0: okay, well, you go first then if you have um, top of your who, head,
1: Who do I just not like, but I can respect? Shayna Baszler. What? Shayna Baszler. I don't like that her one thing is a clutch. Put her to sleep. Shayna
0: Baszler. That's not her. What you're out of your freaking mind? Okay. What what oh, else does she do? I don't. What else does she know? She works an entire for? match. She only does a clutch. Are you kidding me? She's in there actually She's working a in an MMA style match. She's a striker. She's got, I'll
1: grant her that. Sure.
0: But I she have mad takes for apart body parts.
1: Sure. She she works she it like stomps a shoot fighter. On arms. She's a shoot fighter. Yeah.
0: She is. She is one of the best hybrid pro wrestlers out there, in my opinion, in terms of being able to work an MMA. Uh, style and a WWE style and a pro wrestling style all at the same time sure what she does is way more difficult than what people give her credit for and on top of that her you're, character work is fantastic you're gonna
1: get to go in a minute
0: I was just, I, the question was who is a wrestler you Shayna. don't
1: like I all I, right I don't it's not that I don't respect her I that's the point of the question I have mad <clears> respect <throat> for her as a performer I just don't I don't like her I right. Ripley, I love uh, Tony Storm. I love right. you know, yeah, uh, know that you know as a character in the ring, I. Eh, but I have mad respect for her abilities, for her title reign, for all of those kinds of things. So yeah, uh, that that would probably that's the first one that that popped up in my head when I when I heard, when I read that question.
0: Oh, it hurts. How about hurts. you, sir? Uh, well, obviously the first one that popped in the head for me was Tai Chi. Oh, of course. who I just I, he drives Christ. me he drives me absolutely goddamn insane. <laughs> but I'll be damned if he isn't actually a good worker. And that's actually what makes me hate him even more. <laughs> Is that like, he he intentionally wrestles shitty. He intentionally wrestles poorly. But he's capable of going in there and putting on a good match. He just doesn't want to. And that's his character. And it makes me insane. Um, so that's the easy one. Uh and if if I if I have if I'm stuck with WWE, if I have to do WWE specifically, because that's that's the easy one, is uh is Tai Chi. Um there's a couple that are like on I'm on the fence about like Alexa Bliss annoys the crap out of me, but I I truly believe she's a good person. And there are things that I think she does well, but she does bug me. Um uh, I'm just trying to go down the the list of. I'll
1: throw a Jackson Riker at you.
0: No, I don't respect him.
1: Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I, you know, I thought I thought the dragon
0: corpses dragging corpses out to the ramp would have gotten that from you. He had a nice moment. That doesn't mean <laughs> okay. I suddenly I'm like, never mind. I love Jackson Riker. Oh, okay. oh forget it. Now all is forgiven, Jackie. <laughs> Come on back to the to the side of the good. No, 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 Ugh. no. No, uh, Jackson Riker and I are still not good. Okay. Um, oh, I'm trying to. I'm going to go down. I'm trying to go down the WWE roster and think if there's anyone that like. I just don't. I don't like uh, Randy Orton, but I love Randy Orton at the same time. Yeah. Like I think he's a douche, but I love Randy Orton. <laughs> he's just he's he's, I don't know. He's like crazy Uncle Douchey at this point.
1: Just, just keep your hands out of your pants, Randy.
0: Well, yeah. among many other things. Right watch the n-word when you're when you're streaming your game yeah come on dude <laughs> come on man oh that was a gimme uh damn who do i not like on wwe mojo raleigh no because I, I i feel sorry for mojo raleigh mm. you know i it's not even a respect it's just i feel bad for him yeah i'm with you there. uh who do I not like? Uh yeah, I got nothing. I, I gotta stick with Tai Chi. Like everyone I on some level, like I kinda either like them or feel for them. Even Corbin. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Corbin's a great heel and you know, he drives me nuts, but I know that's his job, and I think he's good at it.
1: Yeah, you gotta respect the gimmick, too. You know? There
0: really isn't anyone who gets an Okay. Uh, I was gonna say Stephanie McMahon, but Like she maybe Stephanie McMahon, but she really does bug me so much. She might be the only person that I genuinely have heel heat for that I have a difficult time thinking my way out of. Does that make sense? Like I genuinely have a hard time appreciating or liking her outside of her heel character. Because I genuinely don't know where it ends. And there's so much self-aggrandizement with her and just so much of that WWE like corporateness that is integral to who she is, and just yeah. it's it's in her business decisions.
1: No, she's crossed over at this point. She's she's basically, you know, I've I've seen several interviews with her, like on business podcasts and things like that, and yes, the, the yes. charitable work and things like that. Is and she's still cutting promos. Advertised.
0: Philanthropy she's, is advertising. That's yeah, but, the that point, that's the point where but, I go. Screw you, lady.
1: She's still cutting promos on these podcasts a lot of times. Right. And she she does talk pretty well about the dynamic between the on screen character uh, and the the executive behind the scenes, but she's still describing herself as if she's Stephanie McMahon, Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley.
0: Yeah. I I really (laughs) wonder, like, there's, I mean, there has to be. I've seen enough pictures of her backstage with people where she's out of character and you can see that she's a genuinely good person in her eyes of course yeah you know and like people speak well of her and all the rest it's like there's there's no like stories out there like jbl or something where like you know if you're a dick it will out at some point right. point. and i haven't heard that she's been a terrible person to people but at the same time god damn it she drives me <laughs> nuts. And she's, she's literally one of the only people like, even Taichi, I can see around his gimmick. Yeah, you know what I mean? If I even think for a couple, I'm like, "All right, all right. I, I have a really hard time thinking around Stephanie McMahon's gimmick. She makes it really hard for me. So maybe, but at the end of the day, like I don't genuinely hate her, because at the end of the day, I go, "No, no, no, most of this is a work. It is. I'm getting worked. I do respect a lot of the stuff that she does. God damn it. Yeah. So.
1: Thank you, Billy, for all those questions. Those were all really good. Uh, Next up, Eric. Good old Eric. With the cultural differences between the United States and Saudi Arabia, exactly how is The Fiend going to work over there?
0: That's the – yeah, is he going to have the headless lantern or the the severed head lantern with the light in it? Like, how is he going to work? I I wonder because – I wonder if even the WWE knows when like when they've crossed the line. You know? I mean it seems to me like again, and I, this is I, I may be speaking completely out of turn here, so take this with a an entire salt lick worth of salt. Uh, but to me I would imagine there's less of a problem with violence and horrific imagery in Saudi Arabia than there is with sexuality. You show Carmela in a leotard, wildly offensive and socially inappropriate. Yeah, but but yeah, the carrying a headless lantern in the land of beheadings, maybe not so much. Yeah, Uh, but again, I'm not. I don't live in Saudi Arabia. I've never been to Saudi Arabia. I. I know very few people from Saudi Arabia and the ones I do know, I don't know if they've lived there long enough to really give me an answer on this. If anyone's listening to us in Saudi Arabia on the off chance, let us know. Like, will that, is that a problem? Would that be considered a problem? Yeah. I'd love Uh, to know. Yeah. I honestly, Eric, this is a great question largely because I don't freak, I don't have any idea. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to make him work over there, or if they're going to be try to be sensitive, or if they're just going to be like, screw it, we're just going to do the gimmick and deal with the backlash.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but that is really the question, and the violence too. Like you know, Seth was coughing up blood at the end of Hell in a Cell. No, everyone forgets about that because everyone was so pissed by that point. But
1: and this is going to be a last violent. man sta- or I mean a false count anywhere match with I mean that is unable to be no- stopped. It's unable yeah. to be stopped, so there's stop going to be some match. color in this, most likely.
0: So, wait a minute. This is a match where you could theoretically kill someone. You have a
1: guy carrying a severed but head out to can't. the ring that they're going to ultimately show color on.
0: But, but you, can't. <laughs> you, can't. you can't. But Hell in a Cell... You can't try to kill someone, but you could have a last man st- or you could have a false can anywhere match where you could try to kill somebody. That's fine. As long as you have a hell in a cell match that we stopped because you tried to kill somebody and oh. we got mad at you. But then the fans got mad. So now we're going to let you actually try to kill somebody in a false can anywhere match. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Ah! Hashtag WW logic. You couldn't, sh- oh. you, couldn't,
1: you couldn't make this shit up, man. Oh. It's, it's so good.
0: I'm way too far from my bottle of whiskey right now.
1: Oh, uh, God. Esme said, love how we only see Mansoor at Crown Jewel. Does he even work at WWE?
0: Yeah, he uh, jobbed he jobbed yeah. to somebody. Uh yeah. it
1: was in NXT, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, it was it wasn't Lars Sullivan. It was someone big like that though. Yeah. Was it Lars Sullivan? Mansoor, Lars if you're Hulk.
1: listening, you would be a great reference. We'd love to hear like what the, the culture was. Oh, Since yeah. Like he's gonna, us tell, us, something.
0: Well, he's gonna I mean, tell us for real. Right. He's a company man through and yeah, through.
1: That's true. Eric, good question, man. I that that could be talked about ad nauseam
0: I, I gotta find out uh, who not uh monsoor faced nxt now i'm i'm dying to know <laughs> uh, uh next
1: up we got uh Leon- oh it was jack it was jackson Riker.
0: oh that's right yeah it was yeah, yeah, jackson yeah. Riker. there you go dude yeah your boy nice
1: next up we got uh leonel up a wrestler that you would turn heel how and what would be their heel gimmick he said, "For him, it's Apollo Cruz. Have him absolutely smash some guys. Give him a character outside of Smiley Hinch, athletic black guy. Thanks, guys. Like <laughs> always, like always, good freaking show. Oh, that's that's Smiley Hinch, athletic black guy.
0: That's too good. Yep. <laughs> Who would I turn heel?
1: Well, they've ruined mine already with what they've done with Robert Rude, Pornstash. Um, yeah." I, I, You guys that have been listening long enough know that as soon as he got called up, I was blown away that they made him a face out of the game. Yeah, and it never made him. sense. And I've been saying Dick Heel in a suit for Bobby Roode. Yeah. I mean, his NXT championship run was fantastic. The way that he was just that. It was really good. Corporate schmarmy heel. Oh, I loved it. We haven't yeah, had a good one of, of you, those in a really long time.
0: You hated Roderick Strong at the time, and he was oh. the face against Bobby Roode, oh. and he was a great face against Bobby Roode. You still didn't like his promos, but you loved him as a face against Robert Roode, Bobby Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. Current roster right now, I'd have to think about that. Do you have one right off the top of your
0: head? I don't because everyone that I would want to be heel is already a heel. I don't necessarily like what they're doing with all of the heels that are heels. But I'm trying to think of anyone who is a face right now that I'm like, man, that person would be so much better off as a heel. And I'm just thinking about main roster. Honestly, um,
1: I mean, if I use my fantasy booking that I wrote, Big E would be an option there. Um, to, yeah, to break e, up the new know? day.
0: But then, but that's but that's kind of ripping off uh, his idea of uh, you know Black Hench Dude
1: yeah, going true. heel.
0: <laughs> but I don't know. That's, I didn't, yeah. Big E would be a great Big E would be a great heel. I just um, Take him back to his goon
1: character when he was uh, beside he, Dolph Ziggler. You know,
0: he's one of the few guys who I feel as a face has more character than he would have as a heel. Like, so many people become heels so they can show off more character and have more fun. I think Big E would be less fun and have less character as a heel. And that's Probably crazy. Right. Yeah, That's crazy. Um, uh, I'm trying to go through all of the rosters in my head. People that are currently face that should be heel.
1: Oh, Esme Everybody, in the chat also said Big E. Mustafa Ali, she said...
0: No, Mustafa should be a face. Yeah, I really do. Abs- believe yeah, he, should be
1: he is. You can pull the chicken breast right off it's his face. Too,
0: he, also, there's been too many uh, Middle Eastern heels in the past, and you know he would turn into a foreign heel gimmick foreign way too quickly. Tough, yeah. Absolutely, keep him face. He should be a career face, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I'd have to go all the way to Japan to think of someone who I want to turn. I want to turn heel, and that's Yoshihashi, because that guy. Give him freaking something. He's, he is the most boring pro wrestler who gets title shots in any promotion. This guy get title shot after title shot, and he is about as exciting as cardboard on wheat bread. <laughs> He's terrible. Ew. Uh, but if you gave him a really vicious heel persona, I think he might become interesting. Yeah. And I, 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 off the top of my head, across all brands, He's the only one I can think of who should be a heel. Velveteen Dream is fine being a tweener. Yeah, I can't think of anybody else. Yoshihashi. There's my answer. Yoshihashi. Make him a heel. uh, Make him an underhanded, vicious heel. uh, You know, and and maybe evil too. Evil should be evil, and he's not. He's a good guy. It makes no sense. Yeah. I got to go to Japan for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) When it does happen. Yeah. Awesome question. Thank you very much, Lionel, Um, and uh, thanks for the shout-out. I appreciate it. Uh, Will James next up. Uh, How would you both feel if the match at CJ or Crown Jewel between Seth Uh and The Fiend never actually ends? He goes on to say they have to do something with the match unable to be stopped. So what if we get a beat down by The Fiend who just leaves and in the coming weeks there continues to be brawls to try and end the match? Is that going to be worse or better Uh than what you expect to actually happen?
0: So kind of, like, uh, kind of like Curtis Axel never actually going over the rope at Royal Rumble and right. uh, Axel Mania going on for months and months. Yeah. Kind of like that. <laughs> Only the you top. You know, I, I,
1: I, I still have not stopped thinking. Let me go first on this one. I still okay. have not stopped thinking about the Hell in a Cell match. Even last night, I went to shout out to Robbie and everybody. uh even last night when we were standing in line for Halloween attractions. We went through a, to a haunted forest thing right here in Raleigh. Um we were still talking about how that ended and how we would have liked to have it ended and alternatives to how it could have ended. And uh, the the universal thing, haha, no pun intended, that we ultimately came up with was that the fiend needed to be the one with the ladder and the chair. And the toolbox and the sledgehammer, not Seth Rollins. Correct. There was some weird role reversal that happened yeah. in that booking. And if if the that had, had a giant mallet. If the if he had hit him with the giant mallet with the ladder and the chair and the toolbox stacked on right. top of Seth Rollins laid out on the mat to the point that he had the blood coming out, and then just had walked out of the out of the cell. Had had uh-huh. opened the door somehow and just I don't even care. You wouldn't I'm need not a gonna moment. pin him. You know, just walk out. You would
0: out. need that moment where he actually picked up the title, looked at it, and dropped it as a way to physically sure. show, I don't care about the title. If he just walked out, people would be booing and be like, what are you doing? You need to have that moment. And this is the same thing for the Saudi Arabia Or show. he
1: sets it on fire or destroys it or something like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, man. You know, one of the greatest... Um, Title moments and and man, you know, Lucha Underground has been on my mind a lot lately because there was so much potential there, and so many of the people from that show are now doing other things. But man, for a while there, that was the best wrestling show on TV. Yeah. Do you remember in the first season they bring out the the inaugural belt? And it's a little kind of crappy looking piece of crap, you know, but it's it's a belt. All right, fine. We've seen worse cough, cough, cruiserweight championship, cough, cough. Um, but they bring it out, and for a few weeks, that's the championship belt, and everyone's trying to get it and and ricochet ultimately wins it i believe yeah um and then brian cage debuts and one of the first things he does is take that crappy little belt and he rips it in half with his bare hands to show his disdain for it that was awesome and then they came back out and the main lucha underground title was gorgeous the one that they replaced it with was fantastic. It was gorgeous. And you realize the whole time it was a gimmick. Mwah. Great. If they did something like that with that Universal Championship shitty Play-Doh belt, if they did something like that with that, with where Bray Wyatt, as you said, he's got Seth dead to rights. He maybe even like pins him for a second, but jumps up on the two and goes and gets the belt and sets it on fire as a as a as a revenge. For Seth burning down the Firefly Funhouse. Oh, Mm -hmm. oh, you just saved that whole angle. You just saved Bray Wyatt. You saved Seth. Like, that would be... Are you listening now, WWE? Are you... ah, That, Nick, yes. That would work. It's
1: the one thing. No matter how you book eh, the match, one of the things it, it's yeah. the one thing that was kind of he needs to knock, and we preach that on the show a yes. couple of weeks now. He needs
0: to not care about the title. Yeah. Uh,
1: how do so? The, the question was, how would you feel if the match at Crown Jewel between Seth and Fiend never actually ends? Um, I think that would that could be hit or miss. Um, I don't know how if that would don't. work.
0: It depends. Yeah. On how do how they, they not way, end it. it? Either way, it has to stop on that show. How do they stop on that show with the Fiend walking away? As I said, if he just walks away, people are going to be sitting there going, oh, come on. There needs to be some sort of finish on the show. Even if it's a a non-finish, there has to be a clear finish. And they have to be really careful about what that non-finish is or that finish. If they have The Fiend pinned, that's a huge mistake. If they have Seth pinned and The Fiend becomes the champion, that's dangerous. We've talked about how dangerous, dangerous it is to strap The Fiend this early. Um and if they have a non finish, if there's if there's no outcome to the match, then you gotta be really careful about what that's gonna be. The story has to be told really well. Which they didn't tell they didn't do well at Hell in a Cell. Which the we already know they're gonna
1: continue told. the story where they're gonna have another match, a, yeah. a Steel Cage match right. in uh at in New York. Well we already right, know up on November fourth.
0: Nothing important is gonna happen at Crown Jewel. Nothing right. important ever happens at Crown Jewel. And if this is the one where they suddenly like, you know, change a title or something then people might care more next time. But then, but they shouldn't have it be the place where titles change hands. No. Because people will then get pissed off. Oh, not only are you taking the Saudi blood money and putting on this big old WrestleMania-caliber show for them, uh, but then you're also having major events happen there. And all of us here who don't want to watch this show are now, you know, you're screwing people over here again. Yeah. You're pissing on your fans in the U.S. again. Yeah. So, yeah, they're... Oh, man, they have really got themselves into a corner on a lot of yep. things right now. And it's not the time they want to be doing that. You just started on Fox. Come in with a good impression. Come in with happy fans. Not fans that are within one week you pissed off over and over. Kofi getting squashed. Your main event angle. On the going debut. all the MMAs. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. On your debut show. You're pissing off your fans. You're 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 promoting people that are gonna be on the show, and then you don't have them show up. You're you're baiting and switching them for the for the first show. You're squashing your babyface champ, your fan favorite champ on the first show for a guy that no one's really excited about seeing except for casuals. Uh and then you have a pay-per-view where you piss off your fans immensely at the end of the first pay-per-view. What are you doing?
1: And then the What's next the thing you do is 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 the Saudi show.
0: Right. Oh my God! And then you and you bought the the draft. The draft isn't exciting. Let's
1: Ugh. let's uh-huh. also not overlook the fact that the Fiend was just drafted to SmackDown, but somehow and Seth, Seth Rollins is on Raw. So now all of a sudden the wild card rule is back, still and we're effect. still having matches for it on 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 on. I guess it's the following Monday on Raw, November fourth. So now the Fiend's coming to Raw to get I, the Raw championship, even though he's on SmackDown.
0: Ah! let me be clear i want wwe to succeed i want them to be good i want them to be better yes right now they're killing me they're killing me right now
1: they've been running so long without any kind of check or accountability or anything that they're just they're just making it up as they go that's my that's my sentiment and I feel like that they're on a bigger stage now with the introduction of AEW to the scene, with the introduction of a whole cast of people that have been killing it over mm-hmm. in Japan for the last couple of years are now on the scene in North America as well, and a big, big spotlight is on them. And this, uh, this way that you can just wing it and hotshot it like you've, like you've been doing for the last decade – and still be successful, I think there's going to be a lesson learned here real quick. And I think Hell in a Cell might be that first moment when your top baby face in the company is getting booed out of the building. Oof. Oof. So uh, they got to fix a lot of stuff here. And it ain't just about... Look, the 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 whole Fiend and Seth Rollins thing right now is just the open wound that everybody is seeing. There's a, There's a lot of stuff going on under that. That is that also needs to be fixed. Yeah, and I want to love them. I have loved them my entire life. Sure, and I have I'm skeptically skeptically optimistic that they'll pull it off since day
0: one. You know, Esmeralda's in the chat right here, and she says, "Who's the bigger fool, them for doing all this, or us for watching?" And here's my answer to that: is yeah, and 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 we I think uh, Andy Jessup uh, last week had a question where he said. Uh, talk me off the ledge. I'm getting sick of WWE. And I my response was, I'm not going to talk you off the ledge. If yeah. it's getting so bad you can't watch it, I don't blame you. Stop watching. The only way they're going to change is if people hit them in their wallet and stop watching. I'm not going to stop watching, Nick, because we do this show. Yeah. But as I said last week, I would probably just be watching NXT and AEW and New Japan. I wouldn't be watching main roster at this point if we weren't doing this show where it's our job. To watch it, and yeah. so partly I want them to get better because it's our job, and I want to watch better TV. But it's partly, as you said, I, and this is why a lot of people still stick around with WWE is the history, the nostalgia. You know, it, it, we we want them to be better because they're they're kind of part of our upbringing or childhood or whatever. Whatever th- your reasoning is for sticking around with WWE, and some people like it. Some people like this form of entertainment, and that's fair too. It's okay yeah. if you're watching this and you go, eh. I don't like some of the stuff they're doing, but they're doing enough that's entertaining me that I don't care, that I'm fine with, or I watch it because my kids like it. Whatever your reason is, if you're still watching WWE, it's okay. Yeah, That's fine if you're still watching it. If you feel like an idiot and you're sticking around with your optimism, that's fine too. It's all, sure. it's all fine. It, it, you know. But at the end of the day, I'm, if I'm watching it and I'm frustrated. There's a reason to be frustrated and there's a reason I want them to get better. And I want them to True. be better because they can be better. There's so many ways they could fix this. And there are obvious ways that they could fix this. Yeah.
1: Great question, Will. I feel like we could talk about that one again ad nauseum. You guys are asking some great questions today. Thank you for all these uh let's see josh is up next who are your early predictions oh i like this one i love doing this stuff who are your early predictions for the royal rumble winners (laughs) and who do you think would benefit the most from winning it i have mine picked already of course you do
0: (laughs) nick's already booked five years in advance in wwe man you would
1: in my head i haven't written it all yet you guys are going to get part two which is the second half of the year coming up I'm thinking December, maybe
0: January. We're gonna have the to second half with of the, the year, Royal Rumble after the year is already done.
1: Yeah, we're gonna go from up to we went up to Hell in a Cell. Uh, we just had that pay per view this month. A little different than now how you gotta had get it. the
0: back half. Little different than how you. It had worked
1: it. out a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to let me know, patrons, which one would you prefer? Oh, huh? All right. So anyway, who's, who's you're gonna get the, the back half soon. Anyway, who's uh, who's early predictions for Royal Rumble winners? I'm, let's go female and male.
0: Here, yes, because we're course. gonna have both. Absolutely.
1: Go ahead. You just said you had yours picked. Oh, Drew McIntyre.
0: Oh, of course, of course, Drew, you think D. Max. Drew McIntyre for the men. Okay. Um, he
1: he did get drafted very high. That signals true. a pretty confident position. We
0: have been calling him uh, ever since he got called with the main roster. We've been saying,
1: right? Mike, I've been picking him. It's <laughs> Drew McIntyre's
0: time. It's his time. Yes.
1: Uh, if they bring him back and put him in another angle with Dolph Ziggler, I'm going to flip this desk upside down. <laughs> uh, just, I, I will lo- absolutely lose it. Uh-huh. Uh, Drew McIntyre is going to be, he he's arguably one of the next two to three people in line to be one of the big champions. Okay. And I'm wondering if he's going to come back as a healer, if he's going to come back as a face, okay, because he was a face champion in NXT, and I want to see how that works out. If the whole Scottish psychopath was an experiment, and they're gonna nix it and okay. go back to what they were doing in NXT, I'm, I'm I've got an eye out for that. So Drew McIntyre um, for the women, women, um, somebody that I've been high on, somebody that I'm hoping is back in time for the Rumble, um, Ruby Riot.
0: Okay, I think so. You're doing you're doing the the like realism is out the window. You're just doing like who Nick wants. Yes, to win this, but I'm not saying realism is out the window. I'm sorry. I just heard your picks to me. It sounds like realism is out the window. Oh, come on. Well, here's my picks for the Uh, for the men. Kane Velasquez for the women Bailey
1: Bailey's the champ.
0: She won't be the champ by then.
1: That could be – okay. That's a different thing to debate, but okay. You or think ma- Bailey actually,
0: right is- now, maybe not Bailey, Sasha Banks. I'm just looking at Bailey's push right now and saying that they need to make her legit. But Sasha – one of the four horsewomen – one of the four horsewomen is going to win the female Royal Rumble. That's fair. Okay. All right. Um, it might be Charlotte because Becky's already won one. It might be – I mean, Charlotte would be – I just – I think if I'm being realistic, it's probably Charlotte because they have to put that accolade on her at some point because it's Charlotte. So it may, be, it may be Charlotte, or they may swerve us and give it to Sasha or Bailey, But it's going to be one of the four horsewomen. Um, mm. As far as the men, Kane Velasquez. That's how he gets his WrestleMania main event shot at Brock, at Brock Lesnar. Because screw everybody else. <sighs> and, that's, and I'm sorry, that I, I hate to tell you guys that, but... That makes me hurt. I told you before King of the Ring that King Corbin was going to be a thing. I'm now telling you Kane Velasquez will win the Royal Rumble.
1: That makes my heart...
0: Unless like into my unless the WWE's ratings are hurting so bad by that point that they've got to actually do what the fans want. Unless uh, they get booed yeah, out, l- you know, l- l- out of the building. Imagine they do that. know, they get booed out of the building.
1: We got that last year at WrestleMania. We got what we wanted with all the face wins. I yeah. don't think they're going to do that again for a long time. We're we're in for a long road now. We got what we wanted first half of this year. <laughs> We've seen how the back half is going.
0: That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know, the other... Like, yeah, oh. that's, the, that's the only one I can really see. Fiend would like by that point, Fiend's either going to be dead or it would make no sense to have him win the Royal Rumble, um, or that because that would be really stupid. Uh, I would yeah, love, I would. like, honestly, if in a, in my perfect world, yeah, I'd agree. Drew Mac, Drew McIntyre would be my in my perfect world. That would be who I would want to win. That's who I want give to give
1: that win. man his title.
0: Give that's, this man his it. money.
1: What was the question we had earlier? Shots. Who would we... It was about turning somebody... I'm in charge of AEW. If you put me in charge of WWE, this was Billy's question earlier, uh-huh. it'd be Drew McIntyre. Oh, no, we said he's
0: he, the next he, guy. Like That was a question yeah. from long, long, long ago in listener questions. Uh,
1: you were the chosen one! Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have the higher ground, Drew McIntyre. Um, that was the question from long, long ago, is who do we think, if not Roman Reigns... Who do we think should be the guy? Yeah. And we both said Drew McIntyre should be yeah. the guy. Um, and people may have forgotten uh, people may have forgotten who Drew McIntyre really was because of his injury, but man, it really should be Drew McIntyre.: Yeah. so. But I who do and, I think it way, will be? And the way
1: they debuted him in that heel Scottish uh, psychopath uh, thing, like it, go back and watch his run with Andrade, Cien Almas, and the other matches that he had, uh, Bobby Roode, yeah. and and that's and all those matches in NXT if you haven't, yeah, circa 2017, it's fantastic. Yep. And he's a giant dude. I have a picture with him. He's I'm six foot. He's got a good ten inches on. He's giant.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we went to and
1: that. And having him go toe to toe with a Brock Lesnar, with a Braun Strowman, with the other big guys in WWE, I, uh, oh man, yeah,
0: he's an incredible I can't shape. Wait till we can, get there. He can talk. He has a look. You know, the guys love him. The ladies love him. Come on, it's all right there. It's, it's being handed to you. He's on got a, a silver platter. Sexy Scottish accent, the greatest accent in human history. Fight uh, okay. me greatest accent
1: all right well, thank you very much josh uh pat did you pick you said the four one of the four horsewomen okay i did yeah uh my pick yes corey for the women corey did I, sorry corey, I did, oh corey, i picked corey, ruby Riot, you that's did, right you
0: did ruby Riot. Corey in the chat yep. says does charlotte really need to win the royal rumble wrong question that's, <laughs> 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 that's nothing to do with need to it's wwe is compelled Does she need 10 championship reigns her, her second her every- third year wwe's sitting here going okay <laughs> what other accolade is there that we can give charlotte all right we've given her 10 championship reigns the first women's hell in a cell the first like, what else can we give her what else is there well
1: becky got her rumble i guess charlotte needs to get hers now yeah. i don't know that's why it's really, I that's all i see it. that's all i see it being the other wild card I'll throw in there for the women's is Oscar. Uh, I could see it feels like they want to bring her back now with her turn with the poison stuff. Does it? With does the it? Mist.
0: Does it feel like they want to bring her back, Nick? Given what you've seen so far, not yet. But no, I, I have a gut
1: gut, gut hunch. Tenfoil hat. God, I wish. And and my massive markery for
0: I same. Oh, uh, dude, Nick, I am. Let me let me make myself clear. I am one hundred percent with you. Oscar is my number one. Like if Drew McIntyre is who I want to win the men's. Oscar is who I want to win the women's completely. one hundred percent.
1: we are we are one hundred percent on the same page. Will
0: she? Zero percent. She will not.
1: I hope she, she does. Her YouTube channel is really fun, by the way. She makes stuff in her in her gravel yard with, in a tent, and it's it's fantastic. Oscar's so Asuka's, innocent and
0: pure. Oscar's the greatest.
1: <laughs> Last Mark. but certainly not least, uh, Patrick, do you guys think that with these handful of Saudi Arabia shows every year, That it's the reason we have weeks of shows that seem to be just spinning their wheels. Yes. Yep. I feel like the Saudi shows throw all of the rhythm of the stories they attempt to tell and either have to hurry and wrap up completely or completely flounder and throw them away so they can put together random matches that they want to see that make no sense because they want their old timers and boxers MMA fighters. Yep. Yes, yes, to all of that. Yes,
0: to all of you're that. exactly
1: it's, right. It's, it's 100% rhetorical. Uh,
0: Great question. And, well, and we said it on the main show this week, was that SmackDown this week was fun in kind of like a cotton candy kind of way, uh, but it was meaningless in the, in the grand sense, and that's really not what you want to be doing when you're trying to get people to come back and watch your show every week to boost ratings. Uh, and that's because of the Saudi show. They have nowhere to go right now. They can't start long-term storylines because they can't pay anything off in Saudi Arabia. It's, it's, a, it's terrible timing all around. And uh, they would have to work really hard to work around it, but that's never been something that WWE wants to really do. They're just going to, oh, well, we'll, just, we'll get through it, we'll muddle through it, and they'll keep watching. Um, so, yeah, I agreed. That's absolutely what's happening right now. I, I hope that they have some idea of what they're doing after Saudi Arabia, but I get the feeling that aside from Bill, this is the crazy thing. We just did a damn draft, where you know we the the big important thing. All right, well now everyone's on two different brands; they're competing. You'll never see matches between these guys again, and yet Seth and Bray are still feuding, and we have Survivor Series in a month, where they're going to have they're going to go head to head in direct competition. (laughs) This is the timing is awful all around here. Yeah, all around.
1: Oh, it, it's crazy. so bad
0: yeah crazy
1: hey uh breaking news last minute we did get one more question we did from one other patron uh esme, esme. standing bear yes. uh we said we could throw she could throw hers in the chat real quick yeah i've got mine right uh, I gotta, I gotta she right asks there's a lot of urban legends in wrestling what are your favorites and which do you think are true <sighs> see i don't know what this list of urban <sighs> legends are oh you know what do you mean by
0: the, oh there's a bunch of like 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 weird little things that might like like um like was Bret Hart actually sleeping with Sonny or like um uh, Did
1: he actually punch out Vince McMahon in the locker room after did, the screw job? Right.
0: Was Hulk Hogan's black eye in WrestleMania ten or eleven, whatever it was, where he where he sweeped in and like beat Yokozuna for Bret Hart? Um uh, was that black guy because Macho Man punched him because he thought he was hitting on Elizabeth? Um stuff like Urban Legends like that. Like that kind okay. of thing. Like what's, what is, do you have any that, that is your favorite? Cause I've, I have mine, the one that I just like, I can't get over. I can't, I can't stop thinking about. Well, I, I
1: I've about. heard several different retellings of the screw job and what happened immediately afterwards, anywhere from Shawn Michaels being just completely beside himself, bawling like a baby, right? Uh, to, uh, I think it was Pritchard's interview that I heard uh, him, his retelling where he told uh, Vince that he had to go into the locker room and, uh, and talk to Brett. Right. And Brett was in the shower and Vince stood there until Brett got done with his shower. And then Brett just came out and Vince got in his face and Brett just like Cold uppercut cup, just, him and knocked him out. Yeah. Uh, that's probably my the fallout in general of the Montreal Screwjob. Uh, you know, with Shawn Michaels and, and, and Bret Hart. I, I think that's probably my, the, there's like so many things that happened off the back of that, that we'll never really know what actually happened because there's 10 different retellings from 10 different people. And I, I, that kind of juicy gossip, it kind of lives in, in the urban legend landscape. Yeah. And there's, that's probably my favorite.
0: That's, that is a good one. Um, I, so there's a, there's a couple and for whatever reason for, for me, most of mine involve poop, but, uh, and it's, (laughs) and like, okay, so there's urban legends that I don't want to be true. Okay. There's ones that I've heard that like, I just, I don't, I hope they're not true. Like Pat Patterson, um, molesting people, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want that to be true. I, you know, I know that he had lots of relationships with guys over the years, but I want it to be. I want it to be all innocent and consensual. I don't want Pat to be like abusing young up and comers and getting sexual favors for pushes and that kind of thing. Like I don't want to think about that. Right. Um, ironically, so Esme has actually taken the one I was initially going to say, which was Macho Man deflowering a very young Stephanie McMahon. That's just like one of my favorites that I can never get out of my head. That the reason why Macho Man isn't in the Hall of Fame is because Vince never forgave him for hooking up with Stephanie when Stephanie was really young. Um, that's one that just like, I can't, I'm like, Jesus Christ, but, but then why wouldn't he be in the Hall of Fame? Vince has let everybody else back into the circle. Why else would he be so mad at Macho? Like, I can't stop. And then we'll never know. We'll never officially know unless for yeah. some ungodly reason, Stephanie comes out and says it, but why would she ever do that? Like all the parties are not going to talk about that. So, but not in
1: 2019.
0: (laughs) Esme stole that one from me uh, over there in the chat. So now I've got to like think of another one. Uh, But again, like like I said, most of the ones that I know of involve poop. Like the fact that um, Urban Legend Sid pooped himself during the match with uh, him and Taker at, at WrestleMania 13. Like, that's an urban legend. And, and Undertaker beat him with a tombstone. So think, uh, think about that.
1: Um, Rikishi.
0: Rikishi is famous for, like, having pooped himself when he's given people the stink face. Like, he wouldn't wipe, and he'd come out and give this people the stink face. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he, well, I mean, Literal stink face. It has been confirmed that he would fart on people during the stink face. Has not been confirmed that he wouldn't wipe. That's an urban legend. Um, oh. But the number one poop urban legend that that I know of <laughs> that I just – I really – This is a whole
1: new side of you that I've never
0: seen, never <laughs> known
1: before. This is fantastic that it's being <laughs> exposed on the show. I love it. <gasps>
0: uh, my number – my favorite uh, poop urban legend is the fact that um, – so back when The Click was all in WWF at the time, um, so – Right around the time that Jerry Lawler first got to WWF, the click was a thing, right? Uh, Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, uh, Razor Ramon, X-Pac, and uh, X-Pac, X-Pac, I've been talking about uh, Neville too much, um, X-Pac, and uh, uh, Triple H, right? So they're all this little backstage political click, and everyone hates them. And apparently when Lawler first got to WWF, they just pissed him off. And uh, one of the guys that was kind of a tertiary member of the clique was Mr. Perfect. And Mr. Perfect was a notorious river. right? He was, he was messing with everybody. And poop in bags was a common thing. Well, according to urban legend, as a way to get back at King for being a dick to them, they apparently, uh, how shall I put this, um, they gave him a little something in his crown. Because remember at the time, like his crown was, it was the crown, but then it had like the little velvet thing on top. Yeah. So apparently they messed with his crown and left him a, left him a present in his crown.
1: So there was a turd
0: in his crown. There was a turd in his crown. That is the urban legend. And I just, all I can imagine is like, if that was played well, like, you know, he puts it on his head accidentally and, oh, you sons of bitches. They never would have done this to me in Memphis. Puppies. It's all right uh yeah there you go that's a bunch of urban legends for you <laughs> since, since you brought poop. up the, since you brought up the
1: stephanie one i'll throw in the one of my favorite storylines that i've said here on the show is the whole did triple h really marry stephanie in uh in vegas out from under test was all of that just a thing right you know i don't know if that's even urban legend anymore but it is one of my favorite uh kind of storylines that they've used in the past she does not have a good history in the WWE, Jericho tearing her down, rock tearing her down, all of that yeah. stuff So yeah
0: I also love the I love the uh, urban legends where like who got into a legit fight with who and who knocked who out, you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, the one where uh, Goldberg and Jericho got into it and Jericho got Goldberg in a headlock and took him down. Um, the one that I think has been confirmed where Kurt Angle beat uh, Brock Lesnar in a shoot wrestling match. Backstage um, Norman Smiley Getting into a fight With, uh, with Steiner And knocking him out Right um, The one that also Has been confirmed Where uh, um, Sid Vicious Stabbed I think it was Arn Anderson Like a ton of times In a hotel the Stuff like that That's always That's always like Wow That's crazy Like who's Who's like a legit Tough guy or Oh god Haku Freaking bang dude The Urban Legends About that guy him and and oh, and wow. the stories about Andre's drinking, right? Those are fantastic. I could, I, dude, I could do a whole show just on like Meng, Haku horror stories, like the stuff that he's done in legit fights, right?
1: You you mentioned Andre the Giant, like his, like his whole documentary was like Rick or no? What was it? Um, no, it was the Ric Flair thirty for thirty thing. How many how many urban legends do we have about Ric Flair out drinking with people? Yeah, and like Get Andre just naked. drinking. A hundred beers.
0: My favorite Andre um, Urban legend is the one where some guys were pissing him off in a bar, hitting on his girl or whatever, and he chases them all out to the parking lot. They hop into a Volkswagen, and he flips the Volkswagen, goes back inside, and finishes his bottle of wine. Like That's one of my favorites. (laughs) Like Just imagining this giant, what do you think you're doing? Changes them out (laughs) to the parking lot and flipping your car while you're in it. I love that one. Oh, but no, man. like Haku, dude. All of the stories about him and so many, like so many wrestlers, you know, they they buy it, they they play into it where you just imagine this is the most terrifying guy ever. Uh, and some of these I I'm imagine like the one where he like reaches in and just rips the guy's jaw off or he rips the he rips the guy's eye out in a in a fight in a in a bar. What was the one who like um I to remember who told the story, if it was Kevin Sullivan or who it was, talking about Haku reaching in and ripping off, like, puts his, puts his hand into a guy's mouth, and he pulls off his lower teeth. Like, just pulls off a bunch of his lower teeth with his hand.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Pull, like, sticking his th- finger into a guy's eye socket and just pulling out the eyeball in a fight. Oh. Like, Haku is, like, that's his, that's his urban legend. Jake the Snake famously went on record and said that he was the scariest guy he'd ever met. Um, I love how, how Snake put it, where he goes, uh, if I'm in a tank at 300 yards and I've got, uh, I've got him dead to rights, right? Like, I should be able to just kill him. I'm going to get out of the tank, and I'm going to shoot myself in the head because if I miss and I piss him off, he's going to hurt me in ways I can't even imagine. <laughs> so... Uh,
1: I was I was just looking some of them up because I, I, I wanted to go through and look at them. I, and the one that I wanted to... There's two of them that I wanted to call out. A quick one is... Uh, the one around uh, Superstar Billy Graham drinking Clorox.
0: Oh, the bleach. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the bleach. Yes. Uh, and the other one that I had forgotten about, which is I, I would have said is my favorite had I not forgotten about it, was uh, Sid Vicious keeping a squirrel in his pants. In his, you, oh, in his no. He,
0: yeah, he had a pet squirrel. And, it and was they, some kind of dare. He dared him to with, put it down with, his pants for 60 seconds, and it bit, it yeah. bit his junk. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so he ended up at the hospital.
0: <laughs> Before a match. Because he had a squirrel in his junk. Oh my God! Where where'd they get a squirrel? He had a pet squirrel. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just. Why not? It's Sid. I know. He's nuts. Oh He's man! Look what you've done, I know. Esmeralda.
1: I know. You started this, Esme. It's up. It's it's all your fault.
0: <laughs> what are your favorites? Let's list everyone that ever has been. Right. How about the, that?
1: We can do a whole show on just some of the urban legends that are in and around wrestling. That's fantastic. Oh. Well, guys, thank you very much for all of your questions as you guys always deliver every single week. It's one of the reasons we ultimately decided to break this show out into its own series called the Patron Mailbag uh, because it needed the time and attention. And so thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, We're going to keep this ball rolling. Uh, and it's going to be its own dedicated series uh, right here on YouTube. Uh, we might uh, delay the upload of the audio. So if you're listening to this and you want to get this sooner, head over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Busted Wide Open, to get it as soon as it's available. Or, hey, join us for the live stream immediately after the main show that happens at 3 p.m. Eastern on s- every single Saturday. So, yes, uh, patron mailbag, its own dedicated series on YouTube. Come join us in the Busted Wide Open discussion group uh, as well as our Discord server you want to uh, be in there for all of the live chats for all of our shows as well as the pay-per-views and unfortunately i have to advertise that the next one's going to be crown jewel uh, coming up on october 31st which is a week from thursday uh you can be in there for the live chat for that if you decide to watch it if not we got you covered here on the busted wide open podcast we'll bring you anything relevant and the breakdown as we always do uh in addition you can find us on twitter and instagram at BWO podcast right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open and, of course, our patrons. You guys that send in the questions that make this whole series possible, thank you very much for your patronage and for your support of this show. Thank you, guys. And if you want to get in on some of that and be able to ask your own questions every single week for just $5 a month, you can head over to patreon.com slash BWO or find the link down in the description below. Sign up for one of those awesome reward tiers. Uh, You get access to bonus episodes, show notes, the ability to ask listener questions, Skype calls with Sir Nick and Sir Ian Dangerous uh, once a month. fantastic up at the $50 tier there's all kinds of good rewards for you over at patreon.com slash BWO but my name is Nick Howell you can find me on Twitter at data center dude
0: and I am Sir Ian Dangerous you can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous but
1: by God would somebody stop the damn match